Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It is absolutely impossible to kick off this week's NXT without talking about one man, one man alone, baby. Because unless you've been living underneath a black and gold rock for the last, I don't know, week or so, you've probably heard by now that NXT's Adam Cole has apparently been working under no contract. Well, technically like a little contract extension since the beginning of July. His contract ran out at the beginning of July and then he's just been working pretty much on a handshake agreement up until we get to SummerSlam weekends, so we can finish his story with Cool Kyle. And it makes a lot of things kind of make sense. Because over the last couple of weeks or so, I have said that it seems a little bit weird that they're trying to cram all this story into a couple of weeks when they probably could have just spread it out over the next year or so. And now because Adam Cole may or may not be leaving WWE and possibly could even end up in AEW, it does make a bit of sense to do what they've maybe been doing. I may be jumping the gum ever so slightly, but it's a little bit strange that somebody didn't notice the fact that Adam Cole, the longest reigning NXT champion in history that he didn't have a contract. Nobody noticed that. It's a bit strange. Whoever's job it was to notice that, you did You did a bad one. You did a bad job. But we're not going to get too bogged down in all that this week. That's all I'm going to say about it. Let's just cherish Adam Cole if and while we've got him. These are the ups and downs for this week's NXT. We kicked off this week's show in the best possible way because we did the thing that I always love. We had a match straight away, big old match. It was Hit Row taking on Legado del Fantasma, top dollar, and Ashanti Theodanis taking on Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde. It was a good one. It's getting up. And I love this. There was no messing around. There was no sizing each other up. The bell went and they just went at it. Both teams exploded, erupted at each other. It was violence. And a little sidebar on Ashanti Theta Adonis. I am loving this character right now. Just all the venom. He just seems to seep into every single move that he does. The guy looks like he genuinely wants to hurt you. And after a bit of dominance from Hit Row early on, it was only a matter of time before Santos Escobar on the outside distracted the referee. That opened the door for the Legado to get back into the match. And they just let loose like a flurry of clotheslines and drop kicks and like a springboard moonsault. It is just poetry in motion. In the end though, we could not get a clean finish to this match because there's just too many moving parts in it. So Santos Escobar whacked Top Dollar in the back with a steel chair. We got the DQ thing. And then that's just, for the most part, that's usually a pretty bad way to end a match. But here, it strangely worked. It just goes to show that Santos Escobar will really do whatever it takes, do whatever he has to do to get the upper hand on this hit row crew. And that's what happened here because he used that steel chair to get the DQ finish. And then he got Isaiah Swerve Scott, pinned him down and pulled out his grill. 
Hit Row then chased Legado away, but the damage had already been done, the message had been sent loud and clear, if you mess with Legado, you lose a grill, and quite possibly a North American Championship. We jump backstage, and in a rather hilarious turn of events, Samoa Joe was lumped with a lot of security who were like put on him to make sure that he didn't have a fight with Karrion Cross, which is kind of hilarious because that's that's what his job was probably a week ago. And now Regal's like, well, we're going to do it to you now because it seemed to work an absolute treat. Dexter Loomis was backstage doing some more of his doodles and drawings with synthesized music in the background and you saw like an accumulation of all the pictures that he'd drawn over the over the couple of months and maybe even years at this point feels like it's been a very long time and then he just stared at the camera and this guy this creepy ass guy is the face Rich Holland had his first match back in NXT and ho oh, ho we're bringing it back <laughs> And, well, this is this is rather a sad squash zone today because, yes, it involved Rich Holland, he's a Yorkshire lad, he's from the UK, we like all that, but the person he was squashing was Ikiman Jiro. And I'm a big Ikiman man, Ikiman man, an Ikiman man, I am the Ikiman. What I mean is, I like Ikiman, and it was really sad seeing him getting pulverised and just seeing his jacket ripped off and bullied, really. He's charismatic, he's really fun to watch, so this squash, it's, it's going to be a rotten squash, and as you've probably noticed by now, this is an avocado. Not happy. But of course, I can't just give this whole thing a down because it did what it had to do, I guess. So it does get an up. So Rich Holland with his unit of Pete Dunne and Only Larkin. Pete Dunne then got on the microphone. He was like, you're looking at the three baddest dudes in all of NXT. I don't know what that was. It wasn't Brummy. It was just savagely bad. And Pete Dunne's probably going to hunt me down now. He's probably going to find me, scream in my face, tell me how bad he is and probably take a tooth. There was all a tooth taken this week. Frankie Monet, Jessica Mayer, Robert Stone, all backstage after this, having a bit of an interview. And Frankie Monet pretty much just blamed Robert Stone for the loss last week. She was like, it's your fault. We need to rebuild this group in my image, not yours. You can either get on board with it or you can get lost. And Robert Stone was like, no, no, I, I definitely want to be a part of this because without you, I'm probably screwed. We had a little bit of a promo hyping up Bobby Fish taking on Roderick Strong and got me really hyped up for the match you do kind of underappreciate just how good these two guys are just in the ring when it comes to the entire history in the Undisputed Era and it got me just ah, frothing for this matchup. And another promo, it was just promo crazy, you're going to see this tonight, promos everywhere. We had Trey Baxter and he was just talking about the fact that he has a spirit that cannot be beaten, he will always overcome the odds because that's just the kind of plucky underdog he is. We've already seen him take on Kushida this summer and he looked pretty damn good there. He's probably going to look pretty damn good tonight later on in the breakout tournament. Let's see how he does. And just like that, Fish versus Strong was upon us. It's definitely going to get an up because it was a really, really, really good match. Strong was down there with the Diamond Mine, but surprisingly, they didn't actually physically get involved with the match, which I was, I was pleasantly surprised to see. But we didn't need that. We didn't need all the bells and whistles of people interfering. We just needed two guys who just wanted to sell the score. Who's the better man? Who was the better commodity for the Undisputed Era? And early on, it was looking like Bobby Fish. Because he pretty much beat Roderick Strong at his own game. He had him on the floor. He was grappling him. He was isolating him. He was very dominant on the ground. And then when things got up to their feet, he started kneeing and kicking him to pieces. And just as Bobby Fish caught Roderick Strong yet again with a mid-air kick, it happened! <laughs> Want it. So this week we had a child that refused to put on pants, but that child would still eat an ego. And you know what? I can relate with at least one of those things. And guess what? 
I don't like egos. I have given away a trade secret, but you know what? I want it! I want it! Also, weirdly, I didn't like this one element of the whole thing. It was the one downside of this whole thing was the fact that Vic Joseph just kept reminding us that this is a match we never thought we'd see. Even though it seemed pretty much inevitable from the moment the group dissolved that we were going to get like these guys facing each other at some point down the line, but eh, it is what it is. In the end, though, Strong was able to get back into the match with one particularly devastating backbreaker. He is just the king of backbreakers, isn't he? And then he started unleashing all of his running forearms. It was looking very good for him. Fish looked like he was maybe going to do something quite impressive off the top rope, but he got slightly distracted. He was looking over at the diamond mine and thought they could potentially do something. Not sure if they are going to do it. As he did that, he got knocked off the top rope, pulled back down and hit with a suplex backbreaker from Roderick Strong for the win. It is as painful as it sounds. Great match though. Physical, no interference, the drama, everything that was going down within these little ropes within this ring was enough. Enough for me, enough for you, enough for everybody in the world. Jump to LA Knight backstage in the locker room. He was getting himself ready for the grizzled young veteran match that he had alongside Cameron Grimes later on in the night. And Grimes showed up dressed as a butler. He had his, his cables because he, you know, LA Knight wanted to get like pumped up before the match. And they was like, I need to know that you've got my back in this match, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes was like, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm your butler. Have you got my back? He was like, well, yes, I've got your back. Because if you've got my back and you've got my back and I've got your back and then the million dollar championship has a back, then we've all got backs. You can get back to me. Never mind, don't get back to me because we've got a match to talk about. It was Cameron Grimes and LA Knight taking on the grizzled young veterans. And, of course, look at the people who are involved. It's always going to get an up. Up. I did not like the fact that LA Knight just cut off Cameron Grimes' incredible music straight away before he could even get down to the ring. And the fans didn't. They booed him. The boos were just unanimous. You love to see unanimous boos at a heel. So boo, boo you. And look, for the most part, this match was pretty much just an exercise in LA Knight being an egotistical maniac. And then when Cameron Grimes did eventually, when he was pretty tired, he'd been beaten up halfway through the match, he went to offer his hand for a tag. LA Knight jumped away because he's a dick. We knew this was coming. He's an absolute a-hole. He jumped away, but this just fired up Cameron Grimes and he nearly single-handedly beat the grizzled young veterans. Oh no. But of course, he didn't because the Grizzard Young Veterans are a very wily tag team. They distracted him, they split his attention, and before long, they, they took it to mayhem. So Cameron Grimes lost the match, dressed like half in a suit. He looked really beaten down. I had loads of sympathy for him. And then Ted DiBiase arrived, which was great. Because Ted just said straight up, dude, I know you're an honorable man. I know you want to stay true to your word, but you've got to get out of this because this is not good for you. The fans were like, yeah, man, you got to do it. And I hope to God. This does not lead to a swerve because we know the million dollar man. We know his history. He can't be trusted. If you hurt my Grimes, bad things will happen. We had another promo because promo videos are just the life and blood of NXT. And this time it was highlighting Samoa Joe's history in this brand. And just look at this video and it just highlights the fact that Samoa Joe is one of the best ever when it comes to NXT at the very least. Two-time NXT champion, epic matches with Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor, you name him, he's had him, he's the dude. And then another video promo package thing. This time it was Dakota Kai giving her reasons for why she did what she did to Raquel Gonzalez last week. And this one, this one gets its all up thing because it just had so much going on. Dakota pretty much said that I brought you into this world, so I'm not afraid to take you back out of it, even though I'm pretty damn sure she's not a mother. But the whole point of this was her saying that I give all this experience, all these lessons to Raquel Gonzalez, and she learnt under my learning tree, and then when the moment came for her to get a big main event spot, she just completely overlooked me, brushed me to one side, and took it. It was also a really heartbreaking moment when Dakota Kai was just like, everyone saw me as Raquel's psychic, 
and I'm nobody's sidekick. And she said it like that, and there was emotion, there was tears. I was like, am I, am I sympathizing with Dakota Kai in this situation? I think I am. Loved it though, this is the most compelling storyline on NXT television. If you don't agree with me, run away, go away. I won't do anything, just go away. Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae had a really quick interview backstage after this, and Johnny just pretty much said, I know it won't be popular, but I'm gonna end Index tonight in the love her or lose her match, and I'm sorry, in this house, that is, that is a very, very popular opinion. It's so popular, we're gonna bring it up. It's getting a 92% on the Gargano meter. Yes, this is a gross abuse of power. Fight me. Joe Gacy had his breakout tournament promo video after this, and he just looks like a big, tough dude. Like, he is a veteran. He's done a lot of things on the indies, but I'm really slightly worried for Trey Baxter. We had an update on the NXT man who may very much not be an NXT man in the not-too-distant future. It is Adam Cole. He is said to have neck and spinal compressions, injuries, things, so he's medically not clear to compete, obviously after being battered by Kyler Rally at the end of last week's show. So we will see how things move and progress next week when they have yet another face-to-face -face again, like ran and watched over by William Regal. It's, it's happening again. This has literally happened twice, maybe even three times already, but it's going to happen again because we might not get Adam Cole for much longer. We then had Trey Baxter taking on Joe Gacy in the breakout tournament match, and of course they're getting up because these two, they just complimented each other so well. Because for the most part, this was just a dominant display from Joe Gacy. He bullied Trey Baxter. He threw him into the ropes. He kept clubbing him. He kept swatting him out of the air. Like, Trey Baxter was made. He's very, very much in the same vein of a ricochet. He is there to be thrown and splatted. But once said throwing and splatting is over, he will pull out some moves that make your jaw drop to the floor. He did like a missile dropkick, three dives in a row, and they got to a point after he'd been cannonballed on the back of Joe Gacy, he got to a point where he did a 450 stomp onto Gacy for the win. I've never seen that. I don't know if you've seen that. If you have seen that, good for you, but I've just seen it for the first time and it made my head melt. Zoe Stark and Io Shirai had the first of what I hope are many little skits involving the, the growing and the evolution of their friendship. And for me, it gets an up because I'm just a bit of a fool and it made me laugh. They went out for some sushi and Zoe Stark straight away just seemed like she was out of her comfort zone here because Io Shirai was having a full-on conversation in Japanese to the waiter. I ordered all of her food and Zoe was like, yeah, okay, I love what she's having, which is never a good call. Never do that. Because when the food did arrive, she had squid, she had wasabi, she had loads of things she'd obviously never tried before. And he was like, oh, try the green stuff, it's really good. So she tried the green stuff and it nearly blew her head off. After then throwing the squid against the wall when Eo had a back turned, he got to the point where Eo was like, yeah, you're going to pay for the bill as well. So I'm not sure if this part of the friendship growing thing really worked the way that Stark was thinking. Because she was alluding to the fact that she wanted a friendship like the one that Eo Shirai and Kyrie Sane had, like when they were in NXT and before NXT. She wanted that. So to do that, she kind of needs to meet her halfway and towards the end of this segment it seems as though the only way she's going to do that is by perhaps learning a bit of Japanese. So we're probably going to get a few skits next week where you're going to have like Zoe start mispronouncing a lot of Japanese words and just making an all-round fool of herself but it'd be great because it's added more to her character. It's definitely added a lot more to Io Shirai's character because she's just like this closed off badass even more now. It's good. I like what they're doing. Let's keep going. Indy Hartwell then had her little backstage interview thing before the love her or lose her match and it became pretty clear that she does want Dexter Loomis to win this match even though she was like, oh, family, love, not sure, she's leaning towards love, I'm leaning towards Johnny. Karrion Cross crashed the announced desk after this, she was like, Samoa Joe, I provoked you, let's, let's do some more provoking. 
Samoa Joe smashed down to the ring, got through all of the security guards that did literally nothing, got in there, and then Karrion Cross had disappeared. He just ran off. He just, I don't know, puffed up, like into smoke, and then Joe choked out more security guards and slammed them. He looked like an absolute badass, and sometimes wrestling is just this simple. Just get the really strong dude to go down to the ring, beat up loads of goobers, and then make the champion look really smart because he got the really strong dude to lose his head. It's all that simple. It's getting it up. And look, I was not expecting to give this a yellow highlighter of the night thing this week. I didn't even see it coming. I didn't know this was going to be a thing, but it is going to get the yellow highlighter of the week. It is, of course, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov 2, the prime target little build-up video hype package that we had this week. It was spectacular. I love that you had the likes of Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, William Regal, Triple H, Riddle, all these people just hyping up the last match that they had last year, which is something, if you have not seen it, stop the video. Just pause it right now. Keep it in a little tab, little window. Go watch it thank me later and then behind all the noise of what this could be another match of the year whoa this could be match of the night for sure there is a story of a guy in Ilya Dragunov who just knows in his heart that he is good enough to beat Walter he can beat him on his best day and whether or not that is true well we have to find out a takeover it gives you another reason to click on that remote oh yeah and Kushida watched the Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong match and went you know what I'll have that winner. I'll batter him. So we're probably going to get a Cruiserweight Championship match between those two in the not-too-distant future. It was then time for the main event of the evening. It was Love Her or Lose Her Madness. And guess what? You won't believe it. This is something. This is next level. It's getting it down. I'm sorry. I hate love. Look, the match again. The match itself. It's always going to be good because you've got Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis, who is very much an underrated worker in my eyes, at least. And when they were allowed to pick up a bit of gas and keep moving, like doing a few little transitions, and sequences it was pretty damn good there was like a reversal from a clothesline to a spine buster which is incredible and I will never not pop when Dexter Loomis does his kip up leg drop thing it's just magnificent but it was all the hokey drama laced in between it all. There was a moment when, like, India Hartwell went under the ring to go and get Dexter Loomis to try and bring him back into the match because she loves him. And she was dragged out by Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano, and they both came out together and stared at each other, and everyone's like, oh my god, love. And it's just, it's not for me, this is it. But then, just when it seemed like the entire thing had been salvaged for yours truly, and Johnny Gargano actually won the match with a one final beat, I know, shocker, the whole thing got flipped on his head once again. Because despite the fact that the stipulation clearly said that you either love her or lose her which is something that Vic Joseph kept shouting all the way through the match he was like oh they've lost her oh we've loved her Dexter Loomis somehow still got the girl because Indy Hartwell just stormed down to the ring and Fez pressed him and just started kissing the life out of him like it was it was frisky business I was like you guys seriously need a room this is a lot this is this is it was an awful lot but the CWC seemed to love it everyone was screaming they were cheering so I am obviously in the minority so if you liked it great good for you I want everyone to like the wrestling find whatever they like in whatever show it is and just I hope it brings you joy but for me it just made me feel really uncomfortable I probably need some more love in my life that's probably the, the overarching theme of all of this but for me it just didn't work those have been your ups and downs for this week's NXT and overall I have got to give it an up even though I didn't personally enjoy the last match the main event I can see some of the positives in it so it was just an overall positive show I'm Nick Friedman I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold on. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. 
I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.